G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're chatting with Branwyn Mearns who's part of a great charity called Fishers of Men It's uh, great to have you along Branwyn, tell us a bit of your story, whereabouts were you born and raised? Hey Matt, good to be with you, thanks for having me Um, I was born in Perth, raised um, firstly for 11 years in Adelaide um, and then in New South Wales Okay. Yeah. So you travelled around a bit as a as a younger girl. Did you have like a yeah. religious upbringing at all? Um, yeah, my mum was a lovely Christian lady who believed in the Lord with all her heart and dedicated all of us kids to Jesus when we were born. So um, that was very good. My dad was not um, necessarily a believer, but he was all, always kind of supportive of um, her decision to raise us as Christians. And she took us to church and Sunday school when we were kids, etc., Okay, and tell us a bit about your personal faith journey. Did you come to Christ at a young age? How did it all happen? I guess being raised in Sunday school, um, when I was very young in Sunday school, you know, the Sunday school teacher in a Methodist church in Adelaide kind of said, who here wants to give their life to Jesus? And me being so young, I just had a heart for God and put my hand up and said, yes, I will. Then, you know, did nothing much about it until I was about 10 years old and... um, I was reading my Bible one night and um, was overcome with a sense of sin and my own depravity, I guess, you know, nastiness and all the things that are inside of us. And I realized that I could never be what was necessary and and what, what God wanted of me. And so at that point, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I surrendered my life to him and asked him to forgive me of my sins and to come in my heart. And this was all by myself, you know, one night I'm reading my Bible. From that point on, you know, life changed. It was different. And I woke up the next day feeling clean and refreshed and new. Wow. And did many people notice the change in you after that? Well, I was raised in a Christian household. I, I don't know if they noticed or not. I was only 10. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, at, at 16, I went to um, an Aboriginal mission in Papunya in the in the Northern Territory, about 200 kilometres um west of Alice Springs and it was there I actually kind of got filled with the Holy Spirit which was another experience again. And tell us a bit about uh, your involvement in in ministry at a young age. Uh, Did you get involved in youth group or did you go to Bible college or anything like that at at a young age? I was always part of Sunday school, youth group, all that sort of stuff. was filled with the Spirit at 16, decided I wanted to serve the Lord, then backslid for a couple of years. Um, So it was after backsliding and returning to the Lord that I then went to Bible college. 
Tell us what made you return to the Lord after backsliding. I, I realised that living a life apart from God was like living a walking death. And um, having known the Lord and then been actively walking away from Him, it just wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to be with Him mm. and I had to surrender and, and repent of everything I'd been doing. And you, you did a bit of Bible college then, did you? Yep. By that stage, I was serving in um, a Christian outreach centre down in Queanbeyan and um, working for Grace Brothers down in Queanbeyan full-time. And I was in the music team and in the street band outreach team and in the youth leading team. And um, I got on my knees and said, Lord, I just want more of you. He gave me a set of instructions. He told me to quit my job. Uh, to move to Brisbane, go to Bible college. I'd be there for a year. Uh, he told me to get the after-school care position, and then after that I'd be going overseas. So I quit my job, flew to Brisbane, went to um, Bible college for a year, got the after-school care position job at Christian Outreach Centre, uh, walked into the office, and there was a young girl walking out of the office, and she said, hi, you know, I'm such and such. What are you here for? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm Bramwen. I'm here for the after-school care position. And she said, oh, that was my job. I just quit. Let me take you into the boss. I got the job on the spot. That boss was um, the accountant for Asian Outreach in Hong Kong. So after being in Bible college for a year, I ended up going to Hong Kong. I've heard your husband's story, Bobby, before. I've had him on History Makers and had him preach at my soup kitchen and we bumped into each other around you know, Brisbane at uh, different boarding houses over the years. Uh, I know his story is an amazing one. We'll get to that in a moment, but tell us what was it like, you know, young Aussie girl going over to Hong Kong, you know, was it Jackie Pullinger and, the, and that ministry there? Is that, was that where you first went to? No, I went to Asian Outreach, actually. I was uh, leading teams into China with Bibles for the underground church oh, and wow. um, led quite a few people to the Lord um, in Shenzhen and started a small group to support and disciple those believers, baptize people in the South China Sea and in bathtubs in hotels under cover of, you know, um, trying to escape the communists. Wow. Um, so it was lots of fun. I mean, you know, I used to enjoy those sorts of things. <laughs> wow. And and tell us, what was the transition from Asian Outreach to the, the, the Jackie Pullinger ministry? Well, I had read Chasing the Dragon, Jackie Pullinger's book, before going to Hong Kong, and it had impacted me hugely, her uh, reliance on the Holy Spirit in ministry and uh, serving the Lord. So even though I was working for Asian Outreach, I was actually fellowshipping at St. Stephen's Society, which is Jackie's ministry in Hong Kong on the weekends, on Sundays, going there for church. And then I was also going to a small group fellowship on a Friday night that was linked with them. Um, so my involvement with them was um, fellowship. Yeah, mm, Wonderful. And I've heard Jackie Pullinger interviewed on the BBC before and the, this, this clever reporter asked her, so tell me about the success rate for your ministry. You know, a lot of people go to rehabs and it doesn't last. What's your success rate? And she said 100%. He went, what, 100%? My goodness. And she goes, yeah, because our mission is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 100% of people yeah. that come, they hear the gospel. So we have a 100% strike rate. And I'm like, wow, what a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> now, tell us a bit about how you met your hubby. So in that fellowship that I was going to on a Friday night, each fellowship was assigned one of the houses that Jackie ran um, where the guys were recovering from addictions. And so Bobby was in a house called Dunrose and he was assigned to our fellowship. Um, so he kind of 
came in and it was his way of, you know, mixing with normal people outside of his rehab house. And he came to our fellowship group. Yeah. So that's that's basically how I met. And the first time, uh, the first time we met, he was still very fresh in his uh, recovery. He was still affected by all of the things that are associated with drug use and and um, and it was very obvious. But as, as time went on, he, he surrendered his life to the Lord more and more and God did a work in his life and, and it was really good. And, and one of the stories he shared that really impacted me, and I've shared it a number of times since, he said that when he was detoxing, uh, there was a guy uh, who cared for him, who, you know, showered him, cleaned him up, you know, helped him, you know, when he was going through his detox, who was from like a gang that a rival triad, a rival yeah. triad. That so normally they would have killed each other if they saw each other, but yeah. the fact that this guy cared for him and cleaned him up during his detox, he thought, "Wow, this must be this Jesus stuff must be true because this guy would never love me without Jesus helping him." You know? Yeah, mm. true. Such so, so a good story. All right, so let's let's continue your journey. So uh, you met your hubby over there, and uh, the, after he became a Christian, and how long were you there? For before you came back to Australia, about a year and a half, approximately. Yeah. Okay. And mm. and and what what was the the call to come back to Australia? My visa expired, and <laughs> my two way ticket with Qantas was due. And um, God said it was time to go back. Um, I I came back probably a month or two earlier than what he said, which is not good. But uh, he was still gracious. Um. So I came back because there was a lot going on in Hong Kong where I just needed to come home. And I understand you're based in Port Macquarie for a while. Uh, my, based in Port Macquarie for a while. Yep. Lovely people down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my uh, my good friend Ian Warby tells me that uh, Bobby actually did some training at the local radio station and, and started <laughs> to get into radio. Is that right? Yep. I don't think he ever used it, but he did. <laughs> I have to say at this point, Matt, that Bobby has instructed me that I have to say that somewhere, somehow, that he is incredibly tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> well done. You got it out. You got it. He's he's got a good sense of humour, your man, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and tell us about how Fishers of Men began. So we've been um, in Brisbane since 1996 the end of 96, beginning of 97. Um, and we came back for me to finish my Bachelor of Ministry at um, Christian Heritage College, which I did. But during that time, we were working with Christian Outreach Centre at the 139 Club in the Valley, the soup kitchen there on a Sunday, feeding people, giving them teas and coffees. We used to take our guitars and sing um, worship songs in the, in, in the mess hall there um, for all the homeless. And uh, that was lots of fun. Then we started inviting them to church after that. And uh, a couple came, gave their lives to the Lord. And uh, we were committed to discipling them. Um, and so that began the process of, of reaching out to people in Brisbane way back then. Um, through Christian Outreach Centre, we sort of started taking heaps of people to church there, getting them saved. Um, but the, I guess the vision changed at um, that particular church. We were then invited to another church, the Worship and Ministry Centre at that stage. We were invited to be pastors and had a couple of discipleship houses for the people that were needing recovery from addictions. 
so what we recognised was that as people were giving their lives to the Lord, that they needed more um, support. They needed people to to come around them in a Christian environment, just like Bobby had when he came off the streets. People to just support him through that process of coming out of addiction and and then teaching a new way of living. It's almost like people are in nappies and then they graduate to become toddlers and then they're like kids and then they're teenagers. But it's it's going through that whole process as a Christian and it's it's something that they need. We can't just kind of like reach out to people on the streets, you know, give them the love of Jesus, give them food, lead them to the Lord and then, then just say, see you later, I'll see you next week. For us, it was a, a matter of conscience to actually help them then that next step to, to get their lives free um, and so that they could trust their hearts to Jesus and live for him, not just make a decision, but actually live for him. So we had several houses with the Worship and Ministry Centre um, and all this time we were all still affiliated with um, Jackie, still in communication with Jackie Bullinger in Hong Kong. And we went back to Hong Kong for some training and a bit of a refreshment for three months. And during that time, the street people at the Worship and Ministry Centre caused a ruckus. They, you know, scraped cars. They were showering in the toilets and upsetting pastors, kids and wives. And so... Um, the decision was made that the homeless, you know, shouldn't be in church anymore because they were just disturbing the normal people. Um, so at that point, we were in Hong Kong and uh, we talked with the leadership of St. Stephen's Society and um, got some advice and they said, well, why don't you just sort of start something on your own? And, um, we, you know, we'll, we, we were linked with them, um, so they... Uh, we're fully aware of that and, and um, that meant that there was not a particular church that was over us and anyone who wanted to get involved, any Christian from any church could get involved if they wanted to help people um, in street ministry. So then when we came back from Hong Kong, started Fishers of Men and resigned from that church. So, yeah. Well, it's an awesome ministry and, uh, you know, I've been running a soup kitchen and going to boarding houses uh, for many years and one of the reasons I started doing it is because I saw what you guys were doing and you inspired me to step out and not just, you know, have my church inside the four walls but actually get out of the four walls and get on the streets where, where Jesus would be. And um, the number yeah, of people... Awesome. The number of people that I've spoken to that I've said, "Oh, do you want to come to church?" They go, "No, no, no, we're going to Fishers of Men. We we go with Bobby and Bramwell." You know, like the number of people that you guys care for in Brisbane is amazing. And uh, you know, I know a number of people that have also graduated from what you guys do, who are now in ministry. Uh, so you're, you're leaving a lasting legacy. You're impacting many lives. And uh, if people want to, you know, maybe volunteer or donate or check out your your stuff, is is there a website they can go to? It needs to be updated, Matt, but it's www.fishersofmen.org.au for sure. And um, they can always call any of the phone numbers on that website. We're happy for people to get involved and and help the poor and the lost. And I just want to really say, you know, thank you and encourage you for all the work you've been doing. I hear all the time that you're doing good things and I, I know that you're supporting people in ways that many people uh, don't consider to be necessary. Like I've heard that you're, you know, paying people's rent when they're out of date and there's an extreme circumstance occasionally or you'll help people with food and you're, like, you've got a hands-on team that's doing an awesome job. So, you know, congratulations to yeah. you. 
Well, it's uh, it's so important to make sure we're actually doing what Jesus told us to do, to go to the last, the least, and the lost and be his hands and feet. And you guys are doing it, and you've inspired us in what we're doing. So good on you, uh, Bramwin, and so good to hear your story. And, uh, you know, y- you and Bobby are absolute history makers. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us, Bramwin. God bless. Hey, thank you, Matt. Bye. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.